The world is in a desperate race between the gun and the word. Will we negotiate for what we want? Will we come up with voluntary and peaceful solutions to complex social problems? Or will we scream, throw, have tantrums, hit people with bike locks, smash or tennis rackets, and generally escalate to the point of violence? And for many years, I have been working my quads to the max in an attempt to outrun the speeding and ever-approaching bullets of violent escalation. And it is days like today, when reviewing the last few days, that it's easy to believe that society has lost and the bullet has entered the flesh. So recently, this is September 6, 2018, there was an office for the Albany County Republican Party and the Wyoming College Republicans in Laramie, Wyoming, and it was set on fire. It actually had opened less than 48 hours before it was set on fire. Someone spotted the fire and alerted the authorities before it got totally blazed and there was, in fact, an occupied apartment located above the office. So we have arson and the potential for murder. A defaced Republican representative Liz Cheney poster was found nearby. And the uh, argument, well, not the argument, the scrawling, the child's idiot scribbling on the poster was that the politician supported fascism. See, fascism, fascism is now the word for everyone you disagree with. And because the word fascism evokes image of Mussolini and the Nazis and so on, the hysteria of the label provides open justification for one of the leftists' new slogans, which is, well, it's an old slogan in history, but it's new in the West, by any means necessary, which means that your opponents are so evil that everything you do against them must be good, that it is a desperate act of self-defense against an encroaching swastika tank-turning tide of fascism that allows you to unleash your inner demons on the world and consider yourself a do-gooder, oddly enough, just like fascists do. Albany GOP spokesman Ben McKay said, as an investigation proceeds into the circumstances surrounding the fire, we should all pause and remember that the future of our nation depends on, upon our ability to exchange ideas and viewpoints, to argue and debate free from violence and intimidation. Citizens across our state and across the spectrum of political viewpoints work hard every day to fight for our communities, our values, and the causes we hold dear. There is never any excuse for resorting to violent attacks to thwart these efforts or silent speech. Have you read about this? Have you heard about this? Well, it's unlikely that you have. Why? Because the mainstream media uh, is tacitly, I believe, supporting and driving this violence. So here's another one. A woman received death and rape threats over her commentary on abortion. Same day, September 6th, 2018. So this woman, uh, Denise McAllister, she's, she's a Fox News guest and actually a rape survivor, my sympathies, of course. She received endless rape and death threats after tweeting a commentary on abortion. And this she's not a policymaker. She's just saying she doesn't like it, and here's why. And she actually has been forced into hiding after she made a tweet critical of abortion. So what did she write? She wrote this. At the root of hashtag abortion hysteria is women's unhinged desire for irresponsible sex. Sex is their God. Abortion is their sacrament. It's abhorrent as women 
have flung themselves from the heights of being the world's civilizing force to the, much, to the muck and mire of dehumanizing depravity. So it's a harsh criticism, but certainly within the bounds of reasonable discourse. And then she tweeted, uh, or she reported, I am facing legit death and rape threats because I have dared call out women who are hysterical about abortion and to challenge them to be responsible and not to elevate sex to the point that they're willing to kill human life to avoid their responsibilities. How sick is that? And these threats aren't lame Twitter threats. Anyone who says we're not in a culture war is deluded. It's important for us to have each other's backs. So yeah, she's had to go into hiding for making a commentary. Now, September 9th, 2018, GOP congressional candidate was, uh, was the victim of an attempted stabbing. So this is California Republican congressional candidate Rudy Peters. He was approached by 35-year-old Farzad Farzeli in an aggressive manner. This man was shouting profanity and negative comments about President Donald Trump. Gosh, where, where could that person get this stuff from? So Farzeli then threw a coffee cup at the candidate, and then there was a significant physical confrontation. And according to reports, Farzeli pulled out a switchblade knife and attempted to stab Peters. But uh, something happened. Maybe he couldn't get it open. The knife malfunctioned. The suspect then ran away on foot. Con uh, candidate Ruby Peters said, he picks up a coffee cup to rear back and throw it at us. And I jumped around the table. He throws the coffee cup and misses us. It hits the ground and breaks. So I come out and grab him and wrestle him and throw him down to the ground. He's screaming, I'll kill you, MFR. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. And he's kind of circling me, trying to get the knife out. He would have stabbed me. So, Fazeli arrested, charged with felony assault, criminal threats, brandishing a weapon, and possession of a switchblade knife. But of course, Fazeli's attorney and his mom claim that he, in fact, is the victim, according to defense attorney Frederick uh, Reamer. He said, my client at this point was afraid for his life and afraid for his health and safety. And I believe that it is alleged that he pulls out a folded knife. The knife was never opened. September 9th, 2018, an actress suggests President Trump should be assassinated. This is veteran television actress Carol Cook. So she was asked about President Trump and commented, where's John Wilkes Booth when you need him? Of course, he was the guy who assassinated President Lincoln. <sighs> a man ac accompanying her to some event said that Booth excitedly said, he killed presidents, John Wilkes Booth, right? When she was asked, do you mean that the president should be assassinated? The actress said, why not? Will that get me in trouble? Will I be on an enemies list? My God, I hope so. And uh, of course, the Secret Service is aware. They're not confirming or denying, blah, 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 right? September 11th, 2018. Journalist Cassandra Fairbanks has tweeted, quote, who is going to the MAGA meetup tonight? And a democratic socialist supporting individual or account, responded by tweeting at her a photo of a handgun with the comment, quote, I am coming with a gun and I expect to get numerous bloodstained MAGA hats as trophies. The police department are investigating and there were, of course, police cars outside Trump DC on Tuesday night, but the meeting took place without incident. Oh, I hate this word. A female Republican senator called a see you next Tuesday. NSNBC calls it 
Passion. This is September 12th, 2018. Republican Senator Susan Collins' office has received abusive, nasty, vulgar, horrible, threatening phone calls regarding the nomination of Judge Brett Kavanaugh. So there was a panel on MSNBC playing audio of people calling the senator a dumb bitch and a see you next Tuesday, and then portrayed the attacks as, it's just the passion of the people. Joe Scarborough, September 10th, 2018, this was in the Washington Post. He wrote an article entitled, Trump is harming the dream of America more than any foreign adversary ever could. Now, you know how they keep talking about dog whistles? Well, here's a particular kind of dog whistle. So when Joe Scarborough says, right before 9-11, where the villain, of course, is Osama bin Laden, Trump is harming the dream of America more than any foreign adversary ever could. He's saying, Joe Scarborough is saying very clearly, that Trump is worse than Osama bin Laden. Then, Joe Scarborough writes at the end of his article, Osama bin Laden was killed by SEAL Team 6 before he accomplished that goal. Other tyrants who tried to do the same were consigned to the ash heap of history. The question for voters this fall is whether their country will move beyond this troubled chapter in history or whether they will continue supporting a a politician who has done more damage to the dream of America than any any foreign adversary ever could. You understand how this is very, very clear. Very, very clear. Trump is worse than Osama bin Laden. Osama bin Laden was killed. This is not even complex, right? So we've seen Maxine Waters. We've seen the shooting of the Republicans uh, who were playing baseball. We've seen uh, the lunatic who attacked uh, Rand Paul, broke some ribs and so on. There is this ever escalating call for violence. And this is the price of trying to control and manage and perhaps even shrink the size and power of the state. You got to think of the state as these big giant umbilical cords, like this big giant mothership of blood, which is feeding nutrients down to people who now believe that they can survive no other way other than dependence on state violence. So they are, in a sense, farmers who harvest or control the human livestock of taxpayers. Now, if you go to a farmer's field and this is all he has to eat for winter, and he perceives you setting fire to his field, he's going to get really angry, and he's going to use any means necessary to keep you from torching his crops. Now, when people talk about lowering taxes, when people talk about shrinking the size and power of the state, what happens is the people who farm human beings, who are the livestock farmers of taxpayers, view that as somebody setting fire to their crops, and by any means necessary becomes the mantra by which they're willing to defend their ill-gotten gains. And given that up to half of American households are significantly or solely dependent upon the state for what they perceive of as their survival, that is a very, very big deal. And this is the culmination of many decades, really a century or century and a half of what I call the run to the gun. What is the run to the gun? Do you have a complex social problems? Pass a law. What is a law? A law is violence. A law is violence. A law is comply or die. You pay your taxes or you go to prison. And if you resist going to prison, we'll shoot you. So the run to the gun is, has been the knee-jerk reaction of the West for many, many, many years. If you look at something as complex as how should children be educated, a very, very complex thing because you want to educate them, but you don't want to indoctrinate them. Well, for 100, 150 years, closer to 150 years for most countries in the West, it has been the run to the gun. What do we do? How do children get educated? Well, you take 
money from people through the form of property taxes usually, which is, again, forcefully taking their money. You hand it out to teachers' unions and you hand it out to the government. You have big, giant departments of public education, which is the actual original acronym that it should have been. And what happens? Well, how should children get educated? Pass a law, take tax money, run to the gun. That's how we're going to deal with it. And when it comes to free speech, are you exposed to ideas you find alarming or problematic? What should you do? Run to the gun, call them hate speech, get them banned. How do we help poor people? Run to the gun, giant welfare state. How do we have something as complex as currency in a modern world? Run to the gun, give the government a monopoly on currency. How should interest rates be determined? Run to the gun, have the government set interest rates, you understand? Who should be hired? Run to the gun, make people get hired. Who should be in university? Run to the gun, force people to take other people into university. How should university be funded? Run to the gun, have the government guarantee student loans at the point of a gun. Run to the gun, run to the gun, run to the gun all the time. Which is tragic because for most of Western history, we kind of been running the other way, running away from the gun, trying to control the gun, trying to manage the gun because where the gun is, freedom ain't. And where freedom is, the gun ain't. So this thing where we have a problem, we got to run to the gun, grab the gun, use the power of the state, use the power of debt, exploit, enslave, degrade, propagandize, scream, yell. Is that what we have inherited? Did Socrates run, from the gu- run to the gun? Did Aristotle run to the gun? Did Jesus run to the gun? He did not. They did not. When we had religious conflict in Europe for hundreds of years, people ran to the gun. They ran to the sword. They ran to the noose. We have a long and noble history of sidestepping the gun, of stepping away from the gun, of putting down the gun to reason with each other. Because that's called civilization. Everything else is a post-Darwinian, empty, nihilistic, law-of-the-jungle, dopamine-drive for dominance and power and resources that is primitive. All we do these days is run to the gun. And it's escalating. And that's the race. Reason, violence. Words, guns. Debate, bullets. We have spent so long running for the gun. Now, We're running out of running, and so we see the gun.